Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. We have a great, we have a guest on the line with us right now. She is uh, an innovator. She's a champion for freedom. I love this description of her. She's also the former Secretary of Education under the Trump administration, Betsy DeVos. Her latest book, Hostages No More, already a national bestseller. Welcome to Cats at Night, Betsy DeVos. Thanks. It's great to be with you. Uh, uh, Betsy, John Katzmatidis, uh, our education in our country, a lot of people are concerned. Our country is, seems like we're, we're, we're falling back from the rest of the world. I mean, our kids are, are, are falling yeah. back in math. They're falling back in, uh, in science. Where, where is our kids in the United States compared to the rest of the world? Well, John, even before the pandemic, we were seeing declines all across the board for many years in kids' achievement levels. And with all of the extended lockdowns and all of the nonsense during the last two years, uh, the, the scores for our kids have continued to plummet. We don't rank in the top 10 in any subject area in the world. In fact, we are 13th in reading 18th in science, and 37th in math in the world. And this is just not sustainable. Our country cannot be an economic powerhouse and competitive in the future if all of our kids aren't contributing and being prepared to be, uh, you know, be adults that have uh, something to offer and something to add. And what has to happen is the policies supporting education need to change completely from to systems and sending money to systems and buildings to sending money, attaching it to kids and letting families decide where their kids can best learn. You're, you're, uh, Madam Secretary, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. You're very well known for criticizing the critical race theory. Could you explain to our listeners the dangers of uh, that ideological agenda? Well, we've seen agendas, uh, a curriculum like critical race theory, and more recently, uh, all kinds of hypersexualization with young children, and all kinds of uh, curriculums that families have been had the front row seat to while kids were learning at a distance. And it's awakened so many parents in this country to what has actually been going on for a long time in the schools. And what it's doing is uh, helping to give, embolden them to demand change, to, to demand opportunities to go elsewhere. These are these, you know, instead of uh, helping kids learn the basics about what they need to know, whether it's to read well, to communicate well, to write well, to do math well, uh, they have social agendas that are trying to, you know, impose um, an ideology on kids that is antithetical to many, many families in this country. And it's divisive, too. The kids are being separated out by uh, identity politics. Absolutely. Absolutely they are. And, uh, you know, we've heard all kinds of excuses about the lack of achievement and uh, the lack of outcomes for kids on the part of the system, on the part of the school unions that uh, are basically a monopoly and control all of the funds and control, you know, that they are bent on control and focused on adult issues and adult uh, desires, not on what's right for kids. And we've seen this uh, ever more in the last couple of years. If there is a silver lining to COVID, it is that 
families and and, uh, neighbors and relatives and grandparents have awakened to what has really been going on in the K-12 years, and they are ready for change, and they're demanding change. We're seeing it in states across the country, and, uh, you know, you've seen many students right in New York City leaving their assigned schools when their families have opportunities because They have the means to make another choice. They're making those choices, and uh, we need to continue to empower all families to do that. Uh, Madam Secretary, the question uh, a lot of Americans, a few of them have just texted me. Did this happen in the last five years, 10 years, 20 years? When did all of a sudden we wake up and our kids are really falling behind? Well, they've been falling behind for quite some time, particularly the kids at the bottom end of the spectrum. So, you know, the Department of Education, the Federal Department of Education was formed in 1979. It was a payoff. Jimmy Carter made a promise to the teachers unions, to the NEA and the AFT, when he ran for president in 1976 to develop and form a a federal department of education. It was with the express goal or purpose of closing the achievement gap between the top performers and the bottom performers. We've spent over a trillion dollars since then at the federal level alone, and not only have those achievement gaps not narrowed one little bit, by most measures they've actually widened. And so we need to really ask ourselves, can we and should we keep doing the same thing over and over again with more and more money and expect that it's going to do better for kids? Absolutely not. And uh, so this has been coming on for more than a couple of decades, and, uh, and, and the pandemic has really brought things into focus in a way that, that they never were before. You know, Madam Secretary, this is Craig Eaton. The system here in New York City is broken as well. And, and I saw an article recently about these rubber rooms that they have, where you have up to 1,500 teachers from the Department of Education who are brought up on misconduct charges that are just put in a room, and they come in every day, and they get paid And one of the teachers got $1.7 million over 20 years and hadn't stepped in a classroom in those 20 years because of these misconduct allegations. I mean, something needs to be done with throwing money out the window, money that can be used to increase our programs, to hire more teachers, because we need to help these children. Yep, absolutely. We spend on average $14,000 per child in this country for their K-12 education, more than $750 billion in a year. Now, New York City spends more, other places spend less. But imagine metaphorically if you attach that $14,000 to every child's backpack and allowed their families, their parents, to be able to direct and decide where their child was going to learn best. There's nobody that loves a child better than more or better than their parents and knows that child better and what that child needs. Uh, We need to support policies, and states are starting to do this, and the momentum has been building, particularly in the last year and a half, around the policies that are going to support those decisions, education freedom. What will result is better for great teachers, it's better for kids, it's better for families across the board. Again, we are speaking with former Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, Craig Eaton's question brings me to another question. Mike Pompeo, he said that uh, Ramsey Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers Union, that she's the most, uh, what is she? What most is dangerous. Most dangerous individual in the world. What do you think? Well, she has been the one that has been the biggest defender of what the union, the school unions have done 
in the last couple of years. Make no mistake about it, it was the unions and all of their allies that kept schools shut down longer, that uh, colluded with the, the CDC to, um, you know, enforce uh, mask mandates and things that were not necessarily necessary. They, they politicized the entire thing. They kept kids out of school months longer than they needed to be, and they are the ones that are to blame for the tr- dramatic drop in uh, kids' achievement levels and the significant rise in mental health issues. I mean, all of these kids that have been that were stuck at home for all of that time, um, they they are the ones that have suffered. But it goes right back to the teachers' unions and all of their allies. And Ms. Weingarten is right at the center of that all. Uh, one more question before we have to take a break. And you know, you you did a wonderful job in Washington. Um, the universities. We have a lot of problems in the universities, don't mm-hmm. we? Well, first of all, a lot of kids going or young people going into university go in unprepared because their K-12 years have not prepared them for college work and college education. You know, nearly half of students entering college have to take remedial courses for some some uh, you know subject area or another. Uh, that is just uh, you know unsustainable again long term. Also, the cost of higher education continues to skyrocket. There is no real governor on uh, or accountability around the value for the cost. And um, again, the pandemic has really exposed a lot of this. And rightfully, a lot of young people and their families are taking a second look at the value of a four-year education at you know a v- variety of institutions. It, it is time for more innovation in the K twelve in, in the higher education space, just as there is uh, time for more innovation in K twelve. And we got a few seconds left. You anything you want to tell the American people? We'd, we'd love to have you back again because you, you know, you're, you're telling the truth to the American people. Well, I thanks for the opportunity, and I just uh, encourage anyone who is interested in what they can do to advocate for their kids or their grandkids, uh, get my book, Messages No More. We, it, it lays out a path forward where we need to go and what we need to do to make sure all kids have an equal opportunity to get a great education and prepare themselves for a great future. Thank you so much, Betsy DeVos, for all that you do, especially for our children. Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk to you again real soon because uh, this is, our, our, you know, our future of America is, depends on our kids. And thank you so much. Surely does. Thanks. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back after the break with Charlie Gasparino. There's so many things happening in the financial community. Let's take that break. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.